welcome to this uh, Good Friday service. We gather here in God's presence to come and to remember uh, Christ's death, his suffering on our behalf. I encourage you to take a look at your order of worship. You'll note that there is uh, nursery care provided throughout the service in room 108. It's available uh, for all children. And also that you'll see a note that our service is what's called a service of darkness. And we'll reflect on six different shadows that fall upon Christ. At the end of the service, we'll close with a time of quiet for personal reflection and ask that you would leave um, the worship service quietly as we reflect on Christ's sacrifice and death on our behalf. As we prepare to worship, let's take a time of quiet to reflect on God. Please join me in prayer. Lord of light and life, we thank you that in the person of your son, you entered into the darkness. And more than that, that he entered into death itself and emerged. He faced death and entered hell alone and emerged victorious. We praise you that you raised him not only from the dead, but to the heights of heaven where you seated at your right hand and you gather to him a people for himself. We thank you, Father, that through your love and faithfulness, you have made us into your family, fellow heirs and rulers with your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. <coughs> Please stand for the call to worship. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God, who redeems us from sin and death. For us and for our salvation, Christ became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The King shall come when morning dawns and light
The Shadow of Loneliness, Matthew 26, 36 to 46. Jesus went with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please stand with us? Should give. 
the shadow of desertion. Matthew 26, 47 to 56. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And after he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all those who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. The word of the Lord. Christ have mercy. of the Canaanites, and you have struck my head with a reed. I gave you a royal scepter, 
and you have given a crown of thorns for my head. I exalted you with great strength, and you have hanged me on a cross. O my people, what have I done to you? Or how have I offended you? Answer me. The Shadow of Accusation, Matthews 26, 57 through 68. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it, what is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? The word of the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Please stand with us and we'll sing together. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by men rejected. Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the Sufficient time. 
the shadow of denial, Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl said to, saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you two are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The word of the Lord, Christ of mercy. The Shadow of Mockery, Matthew 27, 24 through 31. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, 
and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. The word of the Lord. Lord, have mercy.
The Shadow of Death, reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And Jesus had received the sour wine and said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The word of the Lord. Christ, have mercy.
kesilecek. This Good Friday service invites us to consider the shadows that fell upon Jesus. The readings that we've heard, the shadows of loneliness, desertion, accusation, denial, mockery, and death. And what I hope we can take some time tonight to, to reflect on is the question of, of why. Why did Jesus experience these shadows? Why did he enter into them? I want us to, to reflect on, on two reasons. The first being that Jesus experiences these shadows because we live in a fallen world marked by suffering, injustice, and death. We need to start with what our faith tells us, that our world is a good gift from our God, and that our lives are good gifts from our God, and that we, along with all of our neighbors, are made in the image of God, filled with purpose and with value, made for connection and relationship with God and with others, with ourselves and with the created world. Yet what the shadows tell us, remind us, is that sin has brought separation and isolation. The shadows that Jesus experienced affirm that things are not how they're supposed to be. At the center of these shadows stands the cross. The cross is a symbol of suffering, a symbol of oppression. It gives witness to the violence that humans bear upon one another, denying the dignity that God has given each one of us. The Roman cross was a human invention created to be a place of utter rejection. The cross's purpose was to twist the human body, to wreck the human spirit, to degrade one's standing. As we heard being read, it was executed publicly. Usually the cross was situated at a well-trafficked intersection. The person being crucified was stripped of clothing, exposed to birds and beasts. The victims were subject to profound dehumanization. The cross made a statement that everyone could understand, that this person is to be forgotten, rejected, looked down upon. In this sense, the cross in the Roman world was reserved for non-citizens. In most cases, it was members of the low social categories that were crucified, their outsider status being confirmed. And here we can think of Jesus, put to death publicly, deliberately, and with impunity. His execution was carried out by all the best people representing the highest levels of religious and governmental authority. See, the shadows invite us to think about Jesus' otherness. His otherness can be seen in the soldiers who strip him, cruelly push a crown of thorns onto his head, and spit in his face. 
Jesus' negation can be seen as Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, literally washes his hands of him. You are insignificant to me. Jesus' utter rejection can be heard in the individuals who, as they watch him carry his cross and then suffer upon it, ridicule and mock him. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. In Jesus' aloneness, his deep loneliness, can be felt as his disciples run away from him and Peter denies him. I tell you, I don't know the man. Good Friday with its cross and its shadows confirms things that are important to be confirmed. They confirm our experience of longing and loneliness. The cross and the shadows confirm our lament and our weeping, confirm our anger and our fear. It confirms that these things are appropriate responses to the world that we live in. See, it identifies with these experience, the experience of being mistreated, the experience of powers enjoying impunity, the experience of facing death of those we love or the fear of our own. In this way, Good Friday, why it is disturbing to think about and read about, it is crucial to our life of faith. It's crucial to us. It allows us to confirm that things are not the way they're supposed to be. That it makes sense to cry or to lament or to long for things to be different. That there is such things as isolation and wickedness and injustice. There's evil and hurt. And in this sense, Good Friday also challenges us to look at ourselves. You see, the account of Good Friday is not one in which the line between good and evil is between Jesus and his disciples on one side and everyone else on the other. Rather, the cross and the shadows reveal that all of us, all of us here and all of our neighbors, we share in the brokenness and the wickedness of the world. We fail to love God and love our neighbors. We disapprove, we reject, we treat one another or our neighbors as less. I asked the question of why, why does Jesus experience the shadows? And the first thing for us to hold and to, to reflect on tonight is that it confirms the reality of evil and violence and deep wrong within the world around us. The cross reveals the false judgments of the world and our own need for God's mercy. Why? Why did Jesus enter the shadows? The first was to confirm that we live in a fallen world, but he also entered our world, a world of flesh and blood, our world of tears and death. He did this, he entered the shadows because he loves us. This simple answer is a profound truth of our faith. Why did Jesus enter the shadows? Because of his great love for you. 
This is a profound message for us to receive. That God and his great love for us enters into the shadows that we know and experience. In Romans chapter 5, we read that while we were still, still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in asking why, why did Jesus enter the shadows, it's a chance for you and I to answer again the question of what is our God like? Here is our God, lonely and twisted, the tortured man on the cross, nails through hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wretched, brow bleeding, mouth dry, plunged into God-forsaken darkness. This is our God. God showed his love for you and for me that why we were unrighteous, Christ died for us. Why we are still covered in shadows, Jesus intentionally entered such places to find us and act for us because of his great love for us. Good Friday invites us to reflect again on the gospel that tells us that, that God did not wait for you to walk out of the shadows. God did not wait for you to throw off or to overcome such difficulties did not wait for your righteousness to appear. No, but because of his great love for you, Jesus stepped into your shadows and bears the cross for you. Why did Jesus enter the shadows? He did so because he loves you. He stepped into the shadow of loneliness as he speaks of his anguish to his friends who are unable to receive his sorrow. He enters the shadow of desertion and denial as he's arrested and those closest to him run away. Jesus receives the shadow of accusation as those in authority deem him a threat and a problem and a criminal. He receives a shadow of mockery and cruel laughter from the soldiers and those watching him suffer and die. The cross tells us about the reality of sin and evil in the world. But the fundamental question of why, the answer to why, is because of God's great love for you. Our love does not, does not stand back, but one that pursues us even in the deepest places. This evening, we can give thanks for the cross. Even in its ugliness, it reminds us and invites us to be able to confess our longings for things to be different and opens our hearts to receive a God who loves us deeply, who pursues us into such dark and lonely places.
Lord, we gather as your people today and from ages past with the wonder that surely you bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, that you were crushed for our iniquities, and by your wounds we are healed. We give you thanks. Amen. <laughs> 